0: This is the InFocus podcast from The Hindu.
1: Hello and welcome to the InFocus podcast. My name is Jayan Sriram and I'm your host for today. In the last of our series, analyzing each state where assembly elections are taking place this year, we're looking at Assam and giving you an overview in this episode of the major issues at play there. The battle for Assam has big implications for both the Congress and BJP. For the latter, gaining a second term in Assam would be hugely symbolic and cement the party's hold on the Northeast, where it rules either directly or as part of an alliance in all eight states. For the Congress, coming back to power in Assam would mean regaining a major stronghold. And opening up a gateway once again to the Northeast. Besides these two major parties, there is also the potential impact of new regional parties to discuss. And to go over all these issues, I'm joined today by Sandeep Fukan, Deputy Editor and Senior Politics Writer, the Hindu. Sandeep, welcome back to the Infocus podcast. Thank you for making time for us today.
0: My pleasure,
1: Chan. Right. So, we'll do a quick overview of the Assam election, uh, the Assam Assembly elections, and sort of give our listeners a a, a sense of what the issues are. So, you know, when we when we do these uh, overview episodes for each state that is going in for elections or where uh, elections are underway, first sort of point we try and raise is what is the major difference um, that's on the ground from the 2016 campaign. That's when the last time Assembly elections were held in Assam. To this one, um, so you know, on the ground in this in commentary, what is the what is the major difference this time?
0: Well, you know, there are quite a few differences. But to begin with, this has been Assam has been a state that has always been defined as a Congress stronghold, and in 2016, BJP made its foray for the first time; they had their own government. So, uh, the in these elections, it is BJP uh, who is the defender who's defending its own record of the past five years. And the Congress is the challenger trying to reclaim uh, the turf that was once theirs. So that's the first important difference. You know, traditionally, uh, Assam had been a state much like other states like Kerala or Rajasthan, uh, to some extent, even Tamil Nadu, where uh, one would see Governments change every five years, but every state breaks that cycle at some point. Mm -hmm. You know, in 2001, that cycle was broken by the Congress. So from 2001 until 2016, there were three successive Congress governments. And that is why Assam came to be defined as a Congress stronghold. Uh, That was, of course, uh, challenged and demolished in 2016 two years after the 2014 Lok Sabha polls. And for the first time ever, the BJP had their own government in the the Northeast. And for a variety of reasons, it's a very important prestige battle for the BJP to retain the state. Uh, And it's equally a prestige battle for the Congress to reclaim, as I said, the turf that was once theirs. Uh, The other very interesting aspect in, in these elections is the re-emergence of regional parties. We've had, you know, Assam is one state that saw the birth of a political party soon after the Assam agitation, Mm -hmm. uh, the agitation uh, which is also called as the anti-foreigner's agitation that took place between 1979 and 85. It resulted in the signing of the Assam Accord between the then Rajiv Gandhi government and the Congress government in the state and the All-Assam Students' Union, or ASU. It's a very powerful student body, and they were leading the agitation. So, out of the ASU leadership, student leadership, Assam Ganaparishad, AGP, was born. Interestingly, much like that, out of the Anti-Citizenship Amendment Act, or the anti movement, two new regional parties... Uh, were born and and they took part in these elections. One was the uh, Assam-Jakiyo position and the other one is Raizor-Dol or uh, People's Party. So uh, at least in some parts of the state, it's not a bipolar fight. It's a three-cornered contest. uh, And it'll be interesting to see how these parties fare. So that's the significant difference again in these elections from 2016. The third important Difference is that many of the stalwarts are absent. Uh, late Tarun Gogoi, three term Chief Minister of the Congress, passed away uh, a few months back. So uh, the Congress is fighting under a collective leadership, but without the guidance of Mr. Gogoi. Then uh, on the other side, the AGP, the Assam Gana Parishad, uh, they are an ally of the BJP right now. Even their senior leader, Mr. prafula Kumar Mahanta, Praval Kumar Mahanta, was uh, the face of the S.M. agitation. So, Mr. Mahanta has been unwell, and uh, he didn't uh, take part in these elections.
1: Right. So, yeah, this this election is about three major blocks of parties, you know, led by Congress, the BJP, and the new regional parties that you mentioned. Um. So, let's just start with the BJP, which is, as you mentioned, the defender in this case. So, um, what are its trends going into the campaign and what is its line of attack against the opposition? And also, you know, the difference in this campaign, 2016, was there any sort of holdover from the 2014 election, which saw that huge Modi wave?
0: Oh, yes, certainly, without a shadow of doubt. I mean, 2016, the BJP was, uh, you know, they had the momentum going for them from the 2014 elections. Mr. Sonowal, who is the chief minister, was a union minister, was a central minister. And uh, he sort of uh, was named as the chief ministerial candidate um, ahead, much ahead of the 2016 elections. Very clearly, BJP had gained from that Lok Sabha polls. But this is a different uh, scenario right now. Uh, and also, let's not forget that uh, 2016, one reason was... Uh, the level of anti incumbency when you run three successive governments you know there are allegations of corruption nepotism inefficiency so uh, all of that uh, had also added to congress's problems in 2016 uh, but as i said that in these elections it is the reverse because uh, the sonowal government has to defend it defend its track record i mean they have to give an account to the people of assam what they did or what they could not do, and uh, why they could not do the promises that they had made, why they couldn't keep those promises. Uh, so, there is an element of anti-incumbency. Uh, then there was the issue of Citizenship Amendment Act. So That is something which is a very emotive issue. Also, the main poll plank uh, made by the Congress in these elections. So, uh, it's a very different uh, scenario altogether. Also, there is a leadership tussle within uh, the BJP, as I said. That in uh, 2016, uh, Mr. Sonwal was named as the BJP's chief ministerial face, and and at that point of time, the very high profile Himonta Bishwa Sharma, or HBS, as he is popularly called in Assange's political circles, he was then you know he had just shifted to the BJP. He was uh, for a long time he was a protege of. Mr. Gogoi, late Tarun Gogoi, but uh, they fell out. He had become a rebel, a dissident. He led dissidents in the Congress camp for some time before finally calling quits and then joining the BJP. At that point of time, since Mr. Sharma at that point of time was a newcomer, so clearly um, his stakes were not as high as they are today. Uh, Five years down the line, he's the face of the BJP in the Northeast. He is chairman of what is called as the Northeast Democratic Alliance, a grouping of uh, uh, non-Congress regional parties. Uh, I mean, you know, it's not overt, uh, but there is an underlying uh, leadership tussle prompting the BJP not to name a chief ministerial candidate for the 2021 elections. They have an incumbent chief minister, but they haven't named Mr. Sonwal as its face should they win these elections this time around. And that's only because of the importance of Mr. Himonta Bishwa Sharma. The party knows that he's harbored an ambition uh, for the top post for some time now.
1: Right. And uh, so what's what's the BJP's campaign been like this time? Um, You mentioned the CAA that uh, got a lot of attention a year back, a couple of years back. Has that been a big issue in this campaign?
0: Well, the Congress tried to make it a big issue. Uh, It was certainly, you know, uh, one of the key points, how this law can actually threaten the question of Assamese identity, the greater Assamese identity. There's been a history of identity politics in the state for over four decades now. So quite clearly, uh, that's an issue that the Congress tried to play up in its campaign. It was one of the main uh, poll uh, planks, other than their five guarantees. On the other hand, you asked about BJP's campaign. Well, BJP's campaign has been that, you know, they have tried to talk about development and how they have developed the state in terms of, you know, having their own government at the center and how that has helped the state in speeding up development projects. For example, there was a bridge, uh, you know, Bokipil Bridge, a uh, rail-come-road bridge over the Brahmaputra near So. Uh, that's a fascinating story you know that's been in the works for over two decades and uh, but it got completed during their tenure so they use the argument that see it's because of the speed at which the narendra modi government works it's because of that that we could deliver apart from that the other key factor has been bjp's attack on the congress over the alliance with Badruddin Ajmal's All India United uh, Democratic Front, AIUDF. So it's been a very polarizing campaign, I would say, from the BJP in terms of, uh, because Mr. Ajmal's party is identified with Bengali-speaking settlers in the state. And uh, so essentially, BJP trying to uh, convey this message that uh, or portray an image of Congress being friends with outsiders. So, you know, an element of outsider-insider debate was also played out in these campaigns.
1: Right. So, uh, the Congress, I think last time, opted not to ally with the AUDF. They have opted to, you know, form an alliance with them this time. So, is, has that been a risky move for them? And
0: Yes. I mean, some would say, uh, well, it's, it's certainly a debatable uh, move by the Congress uh, for the simple reason that You know, there was a time uh, when late Mr. Tarun Gogoi would ask, I mean, every time journalists would pose a question about Mm. alliance or doing business with Mr. Ajmal, the reply would come, who's Ajmal? So, But, you know, one should also remember that that was Mr. Gogoi and the Congress at that point of time was speaking from a position of strength. The fact that uh, despite apprehensions, Within the Congress Party, especially among leaders from Upper Assam, uh, of having an open alliance or a you know a, an alliance with the AIUDF, many agreed that maybe they should have had a tactical alliance, but not an open alliance. Uh, yet the Congress went for it. So why did they go for it? Uh, I would imagine that's because in their calculation, they would have. Because it's known that uh, the minority votes in S. M. they over the years it has moved away from the Congress to Mr Ajmal's party to the AIUDF, and there were many seats in the in the last elections Jen, in 2016 elections mm-hmm. there were eighteen twenty seats, eighteen to twenty seats where if the two sides had fought together, then uh, you know they could have the results could have been very different. Because in in those seats where the BJP emerged as victorious, uh, the victory margins uh, were very narrow. You know, they were below 10,000 votes or so. And uh, if the votes individually polled by these parties, that is AIUDF and the Congress, if they had come together, uh, then, you know, scenario would have been entirely different. And that is one logic that is being given why the Congress has come together to prevent a split in the anti-BJP vote, especially among minorities. That's one of the reasons. The other argument that the Congress puts up is that while most of us are actually talking about the alliance between AIUDF and the Congress, uh, the Congress-led alliance is actually an alliance of 10 parties. It's called the Mahajot or the Grand Alliance. Uh, So it includes the left parties, It includes other smaller regional players. It includes an Adivasi party. So the uh, Congress argument is that why are you only looking at the alliance through the prism of uh, what the BJP has to say as minority appeasement? You know, we are a party that is all-inclusive. It's an umbrella alliance and our main purpose of coming together is to defeat the BJP. That is how the Congress has posed the alliance question.
1: And uh, just a little bit about their campaign itself, the the Five Guarantee Scheme, is that, um, so so they're kind of also picking up, aside from the CAA, they're picking up on, you know, issues like uh, the ri- rising prices and unemployment. Yeah, so,
0: absolutely, yeah. So this is, you know, uh, I must say here, Jayan, that, you know, when I visited the state sometime in December, though everyone knows that elections are held around April, Congress, uh, didn't sort of, uh, at that point of time, they were not really measuring up to the fight that one expected of them. Mm. Uh, there were issues about the alliances, the you know the campaign had not even started. Uh, there were also issues about who's going to be the party's chief ministerial face. And eventually they went with the idea of having a collective leadership. But beyond that, they wanted to give a concrete roadmap If they come to power, what will they do? So some of these guarantees were like they will increase the wage, daily wage of tea garden workers from the current levels, you know, which is about 217 rupees a day to 365 rupees. So uh, and that was one major guarantee creating jobs to the tune of five lakh government jobs uh, in five years. So that's about one lakh jobs a year. I mean, they call it guarantee, but I mean, it's essentially an election promise. Right. They also uh, a version of the NiI scheme where mm. the party promised that they would be giving 2,000 rupees a month to homemakers to, you know, for her to get some financial independence. Of course, I've already mentioned about saying no to implementing Citizenship Amendment Act if they come yeah. to power. So all these guarantees that sort of appeal to the people. And I must say that from almost being absent in conversations to becoming the main challenger, the Congress campaign picked up very well. They did a lot of innovative things. For example, they held this contest where Mm -hmm. they invited youngsters to take photographs of what's wrong or lack of development in their area. And they would ask for these entries on their social media handles every day. And they offered uh, some five or 10 iPhones every day uh, to the best pictures or the most sort of the most pressing issue that has been highlighted by the user. And they also followed it up by holding events where these MPs and these leaders would meet uh, these winners at a cafe or some, you know, some uh, social place where they would also take feedback. So even their manifesto making exercise. Became a very interactive exercise. So the camp, in terms of campaign, uh, it picked up well.
1: Right. You had earlier mentioned um, the new regional parties that have come up, Sandeep. Uh, some older some that have come up in the wake of the anti-CAA protests. Um, are they likely to make any impact in the polls?
0: Yeah. So this is interesting. Again, as I said, that they were, they had most certainly, they had caught the popular imagination mm-hmm. of uh, of the people uh, in say, last year around November, December. I think around December is when the AJP, the Aukham Jatiya Purikhar or AJP had launched. And uh, a lot of people sort of uh, had goodwill for them. But, you know, let's not forget that election, you know, contesting elections uh, is an entirely different ball game. You know, it's also about funds. It's also about resources, having the right candidate to contest Uh, from the right constituency and to represent the people, I think somewhere down the line, these parties faltered on those aspects, you know, whether it was finding the right candidate to represent a particular constituency or uh, having resources to put up a stiff challenge to the BJP and the Congress, I think somewhere... They faltered a bit. I mean, you can't fault them really because, you know, as I said, that these are parties that have come out of an agitation. They're barely a year old, uh, not even year, I would imagine. I mean, just a few months old in, in the case of AJP. So, though the movements had been continuing for a year or so, but in terms of giving
1: a political shape, they
0: were lagging behind.
1: Right. And um, so Sandeep, just to sort of wrap it up, we kind of went over this one point in the beginning where you mentioned that um, keeping hold of Assam has become a major sort of prestige issue for the BJP. Just from a national politics perspective, um, maybe we can just close by explaining why that is so and that would kind of set up the larger overview of this election.
0: Yeah. So as I said that for a variety of reasons, uh, Assam uh, is a very important battle for the BJP. Mm. Uh, because, you know, traditionally, if you, if one viewed BJP, I mean, that's no longer true though, but if traditionally, if one viewed BJP as a party uh, from the Hindi heartland, you know, Assam and all the other Northeastern states, uh, provide just the right uh, counter to that portrayal. If you look at the Northeast today, and almost all the states, either the BJP is directly ruling or They are in alliance with the ruling party. Christian majority states like Meghalaya, they have an alliance with the NPP, Conrad Sangma's National People's Party. Or in Manipur, uh, the BJP has a government of its own. In Tripura, that was known to be a left stronghold. They have a government of their own. They dislodge uh, decades of left rule and uh, establish their own government. I mean, as I see it, it is very important for them to... Come up with this counter that the Congress is the only Pan India party. It's ideologically important uh, for the BJP to shed that image of it being a Hindi heartland party, and they have successfully done that in the eight states uh, from Assam to Sikkim to Nagaland to uh, Meghalaya to Manipur. Everywhere, Tripura, everywhere, the BJP is either directly ruling the state or is part of the power is the is part of the ruling alliance. So. To that extent, it is very important to establish that people of Assam have uh, chosen to give them a second chance. And that's the importance for the BJP, why it's so important. And it's also very important for the Congress to reclaim, as I said, that, you know, Assam is really the gateway to the Northeast. You get into every state through Assam. Symbolically, it's very important for the Congress to reclaim. The turf that was uh, once theirs but lost to the BJP now.
1: Okay, Sandeep, I think that sets it up really well and we'll wrap up this episode there. Perhaps we can regroup at some other point to talk about results. Uh, But thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today.
0: Thank you, Jayant. My pleasure entirely.
1: In Focus, we'll be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts,